Hello, missionaries. Welcome to Mission Moments, where we take a moment to prepare for our mission. The Mission Moments podcast is sponsored by Mission Youth, a community of missionary disciples who come together to equip ourselves to go out and to spread Christ's love in the world as apostles of the new evangelization. Every Catholic is called to be a missionary, and we're here to help everyday Catholics like yourself learn to be one. So we're going to share missionary experiences and try to form skills and give tips and best practices for your missions. My name is Father Adam Zettel, and I'm here with Sherry Schecksneider. How are you today, Sherry? Good, thank Great you. Great to be here with you. Yeah, it's very uh, wonderful that we get the chance to, to talk today about missions, which we both have on our heart as something uh, really a passion that we have that God has put on our heart. Um, you know, we're, we're in the middle of our second season here, and uh, in the past episodes, we've been talking a little bit about the history of mission youth and where it came from and how it started, and a little bit more about how mission youth got started in North America. Um, and we're into the theme of the different missions opportunities that we offer, um, which include international missions. So if you listened to one of the previous podcasts, we were spoke a little bit about that and some of the great uh, international opportunities we have. And we have Sherry here today to speak about our national uh, missions, missions that happen within the United States and Canada. I got to throw that in there because, you know, I live in Canada now and I'm Canadian, believe it or not. All right. <laughs> Uh, Sherry's here because uh, she runs one of our national mission sites in Louisiana, in New Orleans. Beautiful city of New Orleans, right, Sherry? Yes, yes. I give you full permission to brag about how awesome your city is. <laughs> it is. We have great people here. Southern hospitality. Nice. Yes. And I uh, can also uh, say that with confidence because I got the chance to do missions down there last summer in July. Got to tell you, it was hot. Well, Sherry, I um, I want to just begin by, you know, uh, our listeners don't know you. Maybe you could just introduce yourself and especially share with us how you yourself got involved with missions and with Mission Youth. Yes. So I have been a member of Regnum Christi for about 16 years, and it was very early on on that journey that I met a woman who had done mission in Houston. And she told us about her spirit experience when she came back from Holy Week Mission. And I thought, I have got to do that one day. Got to do it. And at the time, my children were very, very young. And I thought, okay, well, one day we'll be able to make that happen. And it was probably only about two years later that I said, okay, it's the time is now. I'm anxious to try this to see what it's like. And um, I went online and found that there was family missions being offered in Chicago and um, that was it. I was hooked. It was a beautiful experience. And primarily the mission was just going door to door and visiting shut-ins. But it was amazing the transformation that it caused in my heart because of the love that I got to fall deeper in love with Christ. And I couldn't wait to go tell everyone about it. And that's what mission is really all about. Yeah, that is awesome. I love to hear that. And uh so beautiful to hear you describe it that way about the love that you're that you're sharing with people. Um, it's pretty cool too that your first mission experience was actually like going 
to another city within your own country. Yeah, it was. You know, it's it was easier to do. It was just me and my two young daughters went. I think they were seven and nine at the time. So we went. We knew no one in Chicago. <laughs> so we didn't have any real connection there other than they offered family mission and we went. So and since then, we were able to mission in Atlanta and in Philadelphia. So it's it's an easy way to travel here domestically to see another part of our beautiful country and to get to meet folks that hopefully we'll encounter again one day. Our our paths will cross again. Yeah, that's awesome. So you've been able to to do missions in like four different cities now. Yes, yes. Do you find that they're that they're very different or um, very much the same once you've done one? Are the rest kind of easy to pick up on? So no two missions are alike. Even in the same city, even if they were weeks apart, no two missions are alike because God has a job to do and he's using us to get that work done. And it all depends on where he guides us as to the experiences that we will have on mission. So there are common themes to all of them. Um, One of the beautiful things about going on mission with Mission Youth is there are frequent opportunities to receive the sacraments. So before I can go and share Christ's love with someone else, I have to have that personal personal experience of his love and the opportunities for confession and receiving of the Eucharist and adoration help that love within my heart grow stronger and stronger until it's about to burst. And then we go share it with others. When I hear you say that, I can't help but wonder uh, what it was like for you on your first uh, mission was it did you feel like you already had uh, that overflowing love in your heart before going on your first mission and did it grow um, I know like just to ask to show why I'm asking that question is that I've seen many people come on missions who at the outset are there for who knows whatever reason but it's not like they've they've got this uh, you know incredible experience of Christ and it's and it's through the mission that they have that experience of his love and and having that love to share. What was it like for you? Yeah, so I can't say that I was prepared um, for the first mission. You know, I went totally green, not really knowing what we were going to do, but totally trusting the Lord that he had guided my heart to find this mission and this is where we were supposed to be. So, um, yeah, and it was kind of scary. So when I got there and found out that we were going door to door, (laughs) it was like, okay, I hope we're going to have some training or somebody with us that knows what to do, because I certainly don't know what to say as I encounter a stranger opening their door to me on the doorstep, right? But um, it kind of just, it happens. It, um, I don't. I guess my love for Christ grew more and more as we went door to door. So even if the response wasn't good and they didn't want us there, you still are giving freely your love for that person. So as we approach each door, we pray for the people of that household. Um, And I think what happens, I tell my kids all the time, the more you give, the more you get. So as you give Christ's love, he just keeps pouring pour, more and more into you. So it's it never runs out. And the more you share with others, the more you feel. And when you encounter those folks that are 
gracious for you praying for them or gracious for just you being there willing to share your love and to step out in in confidence and sometimes it's a little bit scary you know to go do you see their great appreciation wow you came to knock on my door to share Christ's love with me you know that's pretty amazing and you see it transform them and it just makes that love grow more and more I can totally relate to that experience of it being really daunting. Um, And for me, it's probably been something that doesn't really go away uh, necessarily over time. Like when you, when you're going up to a door for the first time on a mission, even if you've done missions 10 times in the past, it can still be a little scary. Um, But I don't know, have you experienced that uh, that has diminished over time as you get more experience? Was it like, uh, were there experiences that helped you to gain confidence and to overcome that that fear? Oh, absolutely. Over time, it gets better. And you never know what you're going to encounter. And God always says something wonderful planned, and you don't know when it's going to happen, which door it's going to be that you knock on, right? We had a beautiful experience that happened this past March with a mission here in the New Orleans area where a group of high school kids were going door to door. And um, what they found is the people in the community where they were going door to door had great love for each other. So they would knock on a door and introduce themselves and chat for a minute and ask if there was anything that they could pray for for that household. And they would get responses like, oh, bae, I'm good. But, you know, Mr. So-and-so down the street, he's having surgery on Tuesday. You need to go visit him. And can you all pray for him? He's a really great person. And just on and on about so-and-so down the street, right? So what the missionaries experienced was this community's great love for each other. So how can how can love not just multiply with those kind of experiences? So yeah, even though it's a little intimidating at first knocking on the door, you know beautiful things are going to happen. You just don't know behind which door. Oh yeah, that's so cool. Um, I, we're maybe kind of jumping around on a few things that I want to get to as we go on with this uh, this conversation today. But uh, we already kind of dove into uh, the question I wanted to ask, which was why what makes uh, New Orleans missions special, right? And maybe we can kind of um, ease our way into that. But, you know, I kind of just want to throw it out there because, you know, most people when they think about going on missions are probably thinking of something like a little more exotic, right, than, than just another city, across the country. And, you know, you think, okay, I want to go on missions. So I want to go to a third world country, a place where there are poor kids running around barefoot and people living in thatched roofs. And, uh, you know, where we have to like dig a well for them to have water or, or build a, a school since they don't have a school in their town, you know, something that's like really strongly humanitarian. So, um, you know, maybe you can tell us like, what's, what's the value of going to a mission in, uh, in New Orleans or, or even in general in, in the country, um, you know, staying in the U.S. You've already kind of touched on that, um, but I guess you guys in New Orleans, you do a lot more than just uh, visiting people door to door, right? So um, our missions are typically some part humanitarian and some part evangelization. Um, and as far as visiting folks um, in their homes or not having homes, we have a huge homeless population in the New Orleans area. And typically on a mission, we will go visit what we call Tent City. 
So it's people living underneath the interstate in tents, um, sleeping on the concrete ground. Um, they don't have the advantages of life that most of us do and the comforts of home that most of us do. And it's right here, half an hour from my home, right? So there is a lot of need still in this area of the country and probably all throughout the country, there's struggle with homelessness and poverty and hunger. And so while we're not digging a well, we are bringing bottled water to those people that are out in the heat and have no, um, have no way of gaining comfort or away from that heat. So there are definitely humanitarian efforts here. We have helped um, with doing beautification projects and renovations within homeless facilities. Um, we've also, one of the really cool things we do in New Orleans, anybody who has seen a picture of New Orleans, even if you've never been here, has seen the skyline with the cathedral there back behind Jackson Square right along the river. And one of the things we like to do is called Operation Adoration where we will go out into the streets with candles, with lanterns, and ask folks to come into the church to spend some time in prayer with our Lord. And typically inside, we'll have um, the Eucharist exposed for adoration, and we'll have beautiful music to invite people in. And there'll be other missionaries at the door accompanying the folks that we bring in up to the altar with their prayers, just encouraging them to any of their cares or concerns, burdens, worries, anything, we light their candle and they symbolically carry that up to the feet of Christ at the altar. A beautiful time in prayer for folks that didn't have in their plans that day to go into church or to visit our Lord. Yeah, and I, I just want to echo that. I had that experience last summer. And first of all, it's just a really cool activity because the whole missions team gets to divide up into little teams and they each kind of have the responsibility. You know, they take turns singing and then they take turns being at the door and greeting people and they take turns being outside, inviting people in. And um, I love, Sherry, how you emphasized uh, that kind of spiritual need or or poverty that your ordinary Joe on the street can have, which is the loneliness or the despair. Um, and And that's kind of a type of poverty that's, almost harder to find and harder to reach out to because uh, it can be hidden under, you know, wealth, like material wealth or being really well-dressed or the appearance of having it all together. And like how many times you meet someone on the street and you invite them to come in to pray and they end up uh, encountering God in a moving way. They end up in tears. They end up opening up to the person who brought them in there um, because, you know, everybody's got problems. And so often we find people on those missions who don't have anyone to share their problems with or don't have anyone to even show them kindness during their during their day. Isn't that right? Yes. And one of the beautiful things is um, as they're out and about inviting people in, um, one of the things that we like to tell people well, I should take a step back. So one of the jobs during Operation Adoration is to be praying for everyone that enters the, the church. So everyone that comes through the door, there are already people in there praying for them. So when you're out inviting and tell folks that there's a group of folks in the church already praying for you right now, it's kind of mind-blowing to some people, you know? Some people have never really had the experience of somebody praying for them, taking their needs and burdens and wants and desires to Christ. 
And here we are saying there's somebody already in church praying for you. How could you not yeah. want to go in and experience the love that's already there in the cathedral? It gives people such a message of what's in the heart of a Catholic missionary is, is just this desire to love them and to, and to bless them and that God would bless them in every way possible. And, you know, when you're going through your daily life, your busy life, or, or just like you're a tourist hanging out in, in New Orleans and seeing Jackson Square and, and someone hits you with that, that is, that is powerful, you know, and there's so much need for that, right? In a world where everything is competition and everything is uh, trying to be the best or trying to have all the best stuff. And you have someone who just all of a sudden says, look, I love you and I don't even know you and I'm praying for you and I don't even know you. That's really powerful. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to back up a little bit too, because um, you kind of mentioned quickly that the, the mission, the humanitarian part of your missions in New Orleans is being with, with the homeless. Um, one of the difficulties that I've run into that some people have, this came up, I was talking to a, a high school student the other day and uh, he was like, okay, so what do you do for the homeless on your missions? I said, well, we, you know, we prepare lasagna and take them lasagna, right? That's what we do here in Canada, right? And, uh, and he's like, yeah, but why, why are they homeless? Why can't they find a place to live? And I kind of explained to him, you know, there are lots of reasons. Oftentimes, it's because it's of some kind of addiction or some kind of disability, right? They're on drugs and they can't get over it and they can't keep a job and can't keep a house and they end up on the street. And, um, and this guy was like, well, if that's the reason, then I'm not going to help them. And I was kind of taken aback, you know, I'm like, whoa, that's kind of, you know, you know, hardcore. <laughs> right. But he's like, honestly, if, if it's because of their own decision that they're on the street, then there's no way I'm going to help them. And I, you know, it, it took a little bit of a conversation and I don't know if he came all the way around to, to accepting our mission in the end. But I think that the answer to that is really uh, adopting a heart of compassion for the human person in their poverty, in whatever form that poverty has. Like maybe their material poverty is, is the result of their own decision, but that decision really comes from uh, a moral poverty. Very often it's a poverty in their family life that they didn't have parents to take care of them. Um, they they're not psychologically healthy in the first place. Um, and even just the, the drugs or the alcoholism and the addictions um, can be a real uh, form of poverty that, that holds them captive or makes them victims of, of that dependency. Um, so, and I think that's one of the most beautiful things about doing missions with, with that kind of poverty, like the ones who are, who are there under the interstate that you were saying, you know, who live in tents and, and maybe they're, maybe they're drinking every day. Maybe they're doing drugs every day. It's, it's just encountering that, that, uh, poverty that has them so trapped that they can't get out of. And, and at the same time, understanding that they're human persons and being able to love them and understand them and know their story and, and hear their story and how they got there. Um, that's an experience you're not going to have maybe if you go to, uh, one of those countries that, that are far away where there's more material poverty. Yeah, and the stories are amazing, Father. I remember meeting someone earlier this year that was um, living on the street. He was a homeless man, and 
a lot of times we get into conversations of, so what's, what's, what's the next plan, right? What's your next step um, to change the situation that you're in? And he was excited. He told me that he had already been approved for housing and that he was going to be able to move in. I guess it was about two weeks a day away was his move-in date. And I was so happy for him. We were celebrating. We were praising the Lord for this opportunity. And he looked at me and he said, please pray for me. And he was breaking down to the point of tears. And I said, absolutely. He said, I've had this before where I've gotten to this point and then I mess it up. He said, there's other people that'll need a place to stay. And if I can't follow the rules, I won't be able to stay. So he was worried about whether or not he would be able to maintain living there because other people that he knew would want to come stay with him. And then it would get to the point where he wouldn't be able to follow all the rules. Mm -hmm. He would have less control over meeting that because of other people wanting to come stay. He said, it's so hard to say no, but I know what I need, right? So here was this conflict within him of happy that he was going to have his own home and wanting to be able to help his friends, but knowing too that he had to put certain limits in place in order to maintain the housing for himself. It was really beautiful. And he was, he was asking for my prayer for that specific intention. And I'm still praying for him to this day, praying that he's in his housing and safe and secure. Yeah. That's one of the beautiful things about missions, uh, stateside missions is that you, you encounter people who are a lot more like you in the sense that they're from the same country and maybe have the same culture. Um, but that maybe you've, you've kind of categorized them as being, Oh, that's the kind of person I don't want to talk to. And until you have those encounters where you, you get to know them and you get to know what's in their heart and what they care about in their story, um, they kind of remain distant from you. So these missions have to give you the chance to, to actually overcome that, that barrier. Right. Yes, in a beautiful way. They become part of your life. Part yeah. of your prayer intentions for forever. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, I think like there's another uh you know, side to that is that you are kind of going to somewhere that has almost the same culture as you, but um I know that when I took a group of students to New Orleans, it was actually pretty cool because it is also a different culture. Right. Even within your own country. And even if it's just like the neighboring state, I mean, we were coming from Texas and uh, it is a different culture. So so um, you do get that that experience of being being far away from home and experiencing something new. Yeah. And there's no place quite like New Orleans, actually. (laughs) It has a culture all its own. It has kind of a a hospitality all its own. Um, It's really quite beautiful. And one of the things that the kids really enjoy when they come to Mission in New Orleans is riding the streetcar. So when we get around on public transportation in New Orleans, we get to ride the streetcar down St. Charles Avenue to get to the French Quarter, you know, which is really kind of cool. And there's not a lot of places around the country that have that kind of opportunity. So, and it's, yeah. it's kind of a melting pot culture, right? There's a lot of different cultures here that have all kind of blended together to make New Orleans what it is today. Wonderful music and... Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, I think another aspect of, of the missions when they're done, uh, like domestic missions, which is similar to, you know, a, a long distance overseas mission trip is that, uh, well, first of all, as opposed to like 
your backyard missions like like we do, and I'm sure you do there, which are just one day long. Um, you know, when you do a domestic mission with Mission Youth, it's usually a week long trip, right? So uh, it becomes a real time, like a week is long enough to to first of all really bond with the other missionaries, um, but then to have all kinds of experiences along the way that change you and that uh, where you go through a process that can't happen in just one day or in just one weekend, right? You get this, you you might be going through um, a difficult moment one day and then overcome that and then have a day which is very, very powerful and beautiful for you, you know? So uh, that's something that I find really powerful about, about domestic missions. Uh, what, what do you think, Sherry? Yeah, and you know, there's a sense of community that happens. So as you're serving alongside somebody, you are creating a bond that is really like no other, you know? Yeah. You are um you are loving strangers with them. You're experiencing the love of Christ with them. And it's it's funny because doing family missions, um, we did it for a while in Atlanta. I think it was five years in a row. And so you got to see the other families, their children grow and whatnot. And where we stayed there, the families were even able to stay in community. So it was kind of funny. Whether you were a family of four or a family of 12, everybody got one room. So there was tents outside and hammocks in the trees for the overflow to sleep. But every morning the kids were getting up to see who else was up. And I remember um, one of our first missions, my oldest daughter came back to me and said, Mom, you're not a freak after all. And I said, what? She said, so-and-so's mom doesn't let her watch anything on that channel. At least I can watch two shows, you know? So this sense of community and this bonding, the kids with other kids that have the same kind of restrictions at home, that they may not have been encountering children that had the same kind of um, value systems in the home or restrictions in the home. Now, all of a sudden, it's common ground, right? And there's somebody else that understands their struggles. So um, that's just a little example of family actually staying in community with other missionaries. So if we had that kind of experience, just picture what that must be like for teens or high schoolers, right? To have other folks where they can truly authentically be themselves. Yeah, and I noticed uh, one of those great experiences with uh, like the missionary community uh, is when they start to have spiritual experiences on their mission. You know, I remember when we were there in New Orleans last year, uh, a couple of the nights we had adoration at night and, and time for prayer. And there was one night when one of the guys just had some kind of really powerful experience. Uh, he, had, he was sitting like at the back of the church and he just started like weeping, but like out loud. And, you know, this big, tough football player. And uh, and he's told this story in his own testimony many times. But um, that I remember hearing some of the other missionaries later on say like, they were just all wondering, like, what's going on back there, you know? So it's a, it's they're powerful experiences. Um, and then there was another another little anecdote about that was that uh, some of the some of the kids um, were getting really into their faith and really into prayer, and they would they would want to go to the church on their own or to stay there till late at night in prayer, and and that has a way of drawing each other into it, you know. Um, and and impacting each other and just if you have a community a missionary community that's that's united 
uh, then everyone everyone gets elevated by each other's uh, deep moments or deep experiences. Yeah, and then when you go back to school and um, you need someone to give you strength, right? You call back that buddy from missionary. Oh, this is what's going on. And they totally get where you're coming from because they've lived that experience with you. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Sherry, I think we're about to wrap up here. Um, Just, I want to give you the chance if you had another, something else you wanted to say or uh, an anecdote, another story from missions that you've just been dying to to share, saving up for the end. what do you think? Oh, gosh, there are millions, it seems like, of stories, wonderful things that have happened on mission. Um, just a minute ago, when you were talking about the young man in church and the experience he had, one of our first missions, um, what we do during Holy Week on Holy Saturday is we go and pray in the cemetery. And one of our missionaries who I didn't see a lot kind of happening within them. You know what I mean? He wasn't that engaged. Um, It didn't seem like with what was going on. And we went and everybody had their bottle of holy water and we're praying for the people buried in that cemetery by name. And so we went throughout the cemetery. Everybody kind of scattered and did their own prayers on their own. And he came back and he was putting the holy water bottle down. And I looked in his face and I can see just this this change in him, this total peace in him. And I said, how was your experience? And he was all choked up and he said, I think that was the most unselfish thing I have ever done to pray for someone he doesn't know and and for their soul, right? And he just had this great sense of joy about him. And I said, Buddy, you probably sent somebody to heaven today. Your prayer released a soul from purgatory. And um, he was just overjoyed with the experience. That was the one that touched him. So you just never know what comes around the corner in mission of where the Holy Spirit is really going to have a profound impact on you. And it all comes from saying yes, right? I am nothing special. I don't have any special skills, right? But what I do have is a heart open to love and a willingness to share Christ's love with others. And let me tell you, he can use anyone at any time to do amazing things because it's not me doing anything. I'm just saying, yes, Lord, let me do your will. Show me where to go. And he just makes amazing things happen. Amen. Amen. Yes, I, I love that story because I think that's what I've seen so many times in young people is that while they're on missions, at some point it hits them. This is the most unselfish thing I've ever done. This is the most loving thing I've ever done for somebody. And and what a feeling that is, you know, to be able to just suddenly realize that, wow, I am selflessly giving myself to another person. And I mean, it's just, it's just so obvious to us who have experienced it and who believe in this. We know that that's what we're created for. But to a teenager who's grown up from being a snotty little spoiled kid maybe right and and is is just accustomed to sticking up for themselves to suddenly discover self-giving and selfless love for others no matter who they are it is so powerful to see them to see them like light up with that um and i just you know i'm sure you're the same way but i just want to share that with more people and i hope that more people will go on on domestic missions with mission youth after they've they've heard this so they can experience it for themselves Absolutely. If you want to experience profound joy 
go on a mission. <laughs> awesome. Well, why don't we wrap up with a prayer? Yes. Sure. Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we praise you and thank you for the gift you've given us of our missions and Mission Youth and Greg and Christy and the great gift of being able to share your love with others. Pray that you would make us your instruments. Um, help us to be able to, to share your love effectively and to be able to, to bring more and more people into, into the joy of, of knowing you and experiencing you. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks so much, Sherry. Uh, it's been a real joy hearing from you today. I enjoyed our time together. Thank you so much. I, I hope you're enjoying that warm weather down there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's warm. It's beautiful. The sun's shining. Great. Well, thanks a lot, Sherry, and God bless everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.